What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Welcome to Cavs the Podcast. I'm Nate Smith. I'm Evil Genius. And uh, we are on our first uh, post-2019 All-Star Break podcast. Um, <laughs> it was a, would you call it an anticlimactic All-Star Break? Yeah. It, it uh, was a little it was, lackluster. It was really more of, I mean, it lived, lived up to its n- the moniker of being a break, I think, yeah. more than anything. Like, it was just... There wasn't a whole lot of interesting things happening that weren't off the court. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a lot of three-point. There was 83 pointers, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I got to say, I, I I mean, I kind of half-heartedly wrote it up over the weekend. and Yeah, I'll be just, honest. Yeah. I did not watch the game. <laughs> like, I read your recap, and I have it on video, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch that. <laughs> the best thing about it was seeing Dirk come out and hit hit three threes in a row. Okay, with no one guarding him, basically. No, actually, the 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 second the second or third one, he was it was contested. He just hoisted it up there, but it was cool to see that. And then Wade hit one on the other side. Just cool to see both those guys in that game. Yeah, that was really cool. the only reason to watch it, though. Other than if you were really desperate to see. Uh, you know, shooters bring LeBron's team back because <laughs> Lillard, Lillard, Clay, and uh, 
one other dude got hot in the second half, and that pretty much brought them back from like a 19-point deficit, and then they wound up winning. But um, yeah, yeah, it was. I know the the slam dunk contest and the All Star Saturday night. I mean, we were literally watching old men play pop a shot. <laughs> we were. It was really embarrassing. And then that was actually not even as I, I was thinking the highlight would have been when Del Curry brought out Mark Price and uh, Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen to, to shoot threes. And I thought, oh, this is cool. We're going to see some of the best to ever do it show they can still do it. And they not, could not still do them it. Could. <laughs> I mean, Ray actually did a nice job. In yeah, the, Ray guess, yeah, um, in the all-star in all- the celebrity game. Yeah, celebrity game, but everybody, I mean, they man, it was just Brick City. It was embarrassing because it was for charity, so <laughs> the NBA was like, well, we're going to we're round gonna, up. Yeah, round it up to 35,000, and it's like, because they only got to nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But well, whatever. I mean, hey. it, it is what it is. It's a, it's a, there was more, I think there were more people tuning in to see Meek Mill and, uh, uh, J. Cole than there was people tuning in to see what was actually happening yeah, during and, the Yeah, and the slam dunk contest was um... underwhelming. <laughs> you know, the funny thing was is I actually thought Hamadou Diallo was was pretty good. He was. Like, he had some good dunks. The problem was he had absolutely no competition. And <laughs> Dennis Smith Except Jr. That was... First, yeah, that first Dennis Smith Jr. dunk was good. And then after that, it was just, like, embarrassing. Yeah, and then, of course, you had the Miles Bridges. I'm going to get, like, the most elaborate setup for the most mediocre dunk. Oh, the, with the kid, the wind. With the, the Kitty Hawk uh, and all the Tuskegee yeah. Airmen, and I'm like. He really he, he couldn't figure out whether to wear the goggles or not. <laughs> he yeah. was like, I'm not going to be able to see anything. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, and then I read a funny article on Slate about um that that was actually where the real kitty hawk broke <laughs> really <That's laughs> right on funny. the rudder yeah it like, to do it. yeah it, it had a little bit of historical accuracy so nice but yeah no. i mean you notice that mellow that i thought did you see mellow as in one of the tuskegee airmen like did you see him or was i just seeing things i did not see mellow Okay, I but gotta me, go back and look. Maybe it was yeah. someone that just looked like Mellow, but I mean, he's not doing anything else, so maybe. No, I mean, yeah, he's he's having a hard time getting gigs, but yeah. Which is which is bizarre. I think I I can't believe the Lakers haven't signed him yet. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, and the dunk over Shaq was a legit good dunk. It was good, but it just I think everybody's getting sick of the I'm gonna jump up and then launch myself with my hands off the guy. You yeah. know what I mean? That's becoming a thing. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I mean, it's really going to be hard to ever top that one from two years ago. The oh, Aaron, yeah. no, the Aaron Gordon, uh, uh, Zach Levine. And the contest. worst part about that is the wrong guy won. <laughs> yeah. Like, because like, the, the spinning magic, the one yeah. with the spinning magic um, mascot on the on the scooter. Or what do they call that? Yeah, I, um, I know what you're... where he went and grabbed it. And went between. That was the greatest dunk I've ever seen. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. but like, I'd rather see that rematch. Like, pay yeah. those guys a million dollars each and just have them go at it. 
Yeah, that'd exactly. be more interesting. Exactly. But whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Like it is, and their games are just kind of jokey to begin with. I mean, they've all become really. I don't know. Like it was interesting like, that most of the events featured a prominent former Cavalier. Yeah. You know, you had the All-Star with LeBron, and then you had... uh, Well, LeBron and Kyrie. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then you had the three-point shootout was Joe Harris, and then the Rising Stars, or current Cavaliers. That's actually pretty good, the the Joe Harris v. uh, Steph Curry. Because when Curry came out and hit those first, like, nine or ten in a row, I thought he was going to go off. like, this is over. And then he just went kind of cold and came up one short, so... Yeah, and it was uh, it, it, and Joe Harris shot really well. I mean, smoking Joe, smoking Joe. Yeah, and good for Joe Harris. I mean, I think the biggest thing with Joe Harris, everybody's like, oh, what you know, the Cavs should have held on to him. But you have no idea if a guy maybe he needs that motivate motivation of getting cut to become the player he became. You know, I always it's been a while, so I always forget if he was a victim of them having to clear space for LeBron or if that if he was gone before that. Um, So it was who did it was part of the whole, I believe, J.R. Smith and um, no, did they still have? No, no, it was before that. that. The next year. It was yeah. before LeBron came back. I just don't know if it no, was. No, no, no. But when no, it was part of the draft. When yeah, it was the draft before LeBron came back. But the question was, like, when did they trade him? And I think it was like before the 2016. Like I think he was on the roster at the beginning of 2016 and then left. But now I have to look it up. Now I know it's it's killing me now. But we'll talk about the game while I look it up. Yeah. So Cavs tonight. Um, an entertaining game, at least for Cavs fans. I mean, I thought the Cavs played pretty well. We had, uh, it was a 111-98 victory, and the Cavs kind of, from the beginning of the first half, or the second half uh, to the end, uh, kind of controlled the game. Um, no big standouts for the Cavs, point-wise. I mean, we had five guys in double figures. Uh, it was it was a low scoring game as NBA games go these days, with um only 111 points and 98 for Phoenix. But uh, you had you know Chetty with 19. Um, as you pointed out, his three point stroke. What has he made? Uh, he well, it was I got it off the announcers because uh, Fred said that after he hit that one in the third quarter. He said he was 21 for his last 42, so and yeah. even 50 percent. And then he and then he made one. yeah, well he made two more I think and yeah out of out of the so two he, that he took, so he's actually over 50 percent for yeah, his so last he's 23 of his last uh, 44. And his I mean his percentage I think went from like 32 to 34 percent on the season just based on tonight because he was like I think it was five of five of eight. Five of eight tonight. Yeah, yeah very so. nice game. Uh, led the team in plus minus plus fourteen. Five rebounds, five assists, one turnover. Five of eight from the line. A couple nice runouts in transition. Um, Keep shooting like this. He's definitely he's going to be up over. Well, he's going to be up over thirty five, thirty six percent on the year. Oh yeah, it, and he's light years better shooter than he was 
uh, at the beginning of the season, you know, when he was trying to do a little too much. Now he's much more his ability to get to the spot he's going to shoot before he shoots it and having his feet in the right spot before he gets the ball and just being able to just stroke it up there is really what's making him a better shooter right now. So he can get that well, shot up before shoot before defenders can even close. And having a, a, a passer in the, in the post, like Kevin love oh, is absolutely. only going to help only going to help him. On both ends of his game, uh, he's going to help because Jetty's going to have more open threes, and he's going to have more lanes to, you know, to to cut and and you know, Love can just snap snap it to him, and he can get to the rack. So, well, and the other thing is his drive game opens that up for him, and he can drive to either side, uh, which also helps him. So, yeah, I mean, he's definitely got a really nice. Arsenal as an offensive player right now, and yeah. um, Kevin Love back tonight. Well, in uh, a good all-around game too, with five assists and five re- rebounds. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And Kevin Love back tonight, uh, sixteen points, eleven uh, rebounds. Uh, only twenty-two minutes, right? Only twenty-two minutes. I believe he had close to a double-double in the first half. Yeah, and um, he had he had four fouls too in the first half. Yeah, so. and then made it through the whole third without picking up another. So really yeah. nice game for him. Um, Ante Zizic uh, looked like a very solid. One thing I've noticed, the Cavs, it's just something about Kevin Love. When he's on the floor, he just helps the Cavs' defensive rebounding so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they out-rebounded Phoenix 51-38. to 38. Um, Actually, it was more than that. It was 62-43. to 43. Because of team rebounds. And, you know, they just, they were boxing out and they were tipping rebounds to each other. They did a really nice job of just controlling the glass. Um, well, you know what, what made that, really what made that, that 2016 championship team as good as it was, I felt, was that they had, in addition, obviously, in addition to LeBron and Kyrie as, as two of the best ISO players in the world on that team, they had, arguably one of the best defensive rebounders in the NBA and Kevin Love, one of the best offensive rebounders in Tristan Thompson. So when you have, when you have that, that ability to put guys like that out there, that's why it's exciting to, to see him come back and play with these young guys. Cause you know, you, you, you start to forget just how good Kevin Love can be, you know, when, when, especially when he's a focal point. Absolutely. Sorry, my daughter had to come give me a hug. Good night. So. Oh, that's <laughs> I had, perfectly, I had to, perfectly I, understandable. <laughs> I had to mute you for a second. So that's fine. You, you didn't get any uh, any uh, hug uh, static. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it. Uh, I I totally agree with you. I mean, that was an underrated aspect of that team, and especially you know when LeBron is your third best rebounder, you know yeah. that that's pretty good. No, they, they the the one thing that they have really uh, that's really been a drag this year is having Kevin out for so long and having Tristan out for as long as he's been out. Yeah, and Chetty at the four just not a force on the defensive boards the way. Oh. Uh, and Nance has picked it up, but Nance missed time has. too. So yeah, but I, I think it's great to see. Um, I mean, Nance had another another really solid game off the bench. I'm always I'm sort of torn about that. I, I get why 
why Coach Drew decided to start with start Ante tonight against the larger Aiton because it's more of a of a, a Zizic type of matchup um, when you've got Aiton in the starting lineup and and then you bring Nance in off the bench to deal with some of the length that that Phoenix has off the bench. But um, well, and I also feel like he really likes the energy that Larry Nance brings off the bench and also that it protects him from a foul trouble standpoint a little bit. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Well, and, and either one of those guys seem to have good chemistry with, with Delhi now. I mean, yeah. that really, you saw, really saw that in the second half with, with Delhi just going to Ante over and over again. I mean, Delhi had what, 11 assists in 20 minutes tonight. And yeah. Which is uh, you know. good because his shot has completely abandoned him. Yeah, yeah, his shot's not great, but you know what? That's well, fine. he was That's... shooting the three really well when he first got to the Cavs, but it seems like in the last couple of weeks, three, four weeks, it's it is been off. abandoned yeah. him quite a bit. But yeah, he was he was slinging the rock around like crazy, and now well, half half of those eleven assists were Dante. I feel like because they just they just kept running that <laughs> they kept running that. That two man uh, lob down the middle, or or dish off and and d- drive to the hoop. So yeah, and also to Marquis Marquis Chris had an alley oop where literally there was no one within like eight feet. Of- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and it wasn't in transition. It was just like the worst half court defense you could ever see in your life. <laughs> well, I mean, and that part of that is the Suns. Well, yeah, you know, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but yeah, yeah Ante, once to the fourth quarter, it's like okay, we're time to time to lose, no matter yeah. if we're down. So. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty sad, but Ante, another really solid game: fifteen points, twelve boards, seven and nine from the field. Um, and as you said, Larry Nance, uh, fourteen points, seven boards, and four steals. Um, just another really solid all-around game. He had a couple awesome slams in that game too. That one where he caught it with the left hand and then switched it to the right hand in transition. Oh yeah, that was that was a sweet slam dunk. No, he had like five slams tonight. It was crazy. Yeah. That yeah. one that the Jetty threw to him that he threw down with two hands and vicious <laughs> yeah. dunk in the first kind half. Kind of in transition, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's he. You just see how much better he seems to get. Like, just with each passing game. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I feel like he's a cornerstone piece. I mean, those four guys that we just named had really good games and really carried them. And then, you know, you had your Jordan Clarkson, who's going to score in double digit if it kills him. But, you know, not, not a terrible game by Jordan. He was really going to miss this game. Like, he I had a couple. Only, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, he had a couple possessions. It was just like, he got that look in his eye, and you knew the ball was not going to leave his hands without going towards the rim. Like, there was you know one really I mean? agree. Yeah. There was one really egregious one I saw. And part of it the wasn't one entirely. Where he got his... it in the right corner. Yeah. But then. <laughs> like, or, went into was the it... post and just threw up a total brick. Well, there was that one, and there was also the one where he he, he dribbled all around the perimeter and then settled for a, a straight on pull up three when the, as the clock is running down because he just either couldn't find someone to pass to or refused to. I don't know what it was, but there were a few of those. But actually, he felt like early on he was being aggressive. The shots just weren't falling. Like he wasn't taking bad shots. I felt like he was he was taking it to 
the defense. And yeah, to me, his biggest problem, like he took a couple bad shots, but he also had like where he just got caught in the corner and like because he had three turnovers. And I felt like he could have been credited for more if, you know, Phoenix had, was actually playing defense. But yeah, he was pretty sloppy with the ball. It wasn't Jordan Clarkson's best game, but no. Well, him and Love, play. him and Love both had some bad turnovers, but Love's were more rusty, rust oriented. Oh yeah, there was a lot of rust early. I mean, <laughs> what were they down eight two to start the game? And yeah, I don't. I think they'd scored like two points in like the first five minutes. Yeah, it was. It was rough. <laughs> it not, was not a lot of falling, a lot of turnovers. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Just, it was messy early, but they cleaned it up and. They put together what I liked was they put together a really good end of of the second quarter and the really good end of the third quarter. They they just seemed to and they they rode that third quarter into I mean, it was like a twelve zero run at one point uh, yeah. going into the fourth. But um, I actually thought Sexton had a pretty good game too. I know he had bad shooting game shooting night with only three of twelve. Yeah, um, he missed all three of his three pointers, but. He had a couple of steals, uh, had a couple of assists, and he had one that he had one sequence that just got me excited. Where he he stole the ball, uh, he stole the ball defensively, raced to the other end, and actually used you know used a good step to get by a guy and and got to the glass and scored. It was just a, that kind of dynamic play where you say. That's that's a flash. That'll go on the highlight reel for, yeah, oh, absolutely. They, for, the, uh, for the season. So I think I described it as Westbrookian. Yeah, you, know, you did. A guy yeah. that can just turn the floor over like that. You yep. know. And yep. we've seen some flashes of that recently, which is which is fun to see. And it's definitely a dimension probably that the Cavs haven't had since LeBron was young. You know what I mean? Yep. Like when he was blazing fast. I mean it's just yeah, he gets up and down the floor really quick and getting more and more confident. And here's what I liked about tonight's game. You know, he's 3 of 12, but he was still plus 10 in the plus minus. He only had eight points, but he found a way to contribute to the game and play a decent all-around game when a shot wasn't falling. And yep. that's what you want. That's what we haven't seen. And that's that was really nice to see. And I never felt like he was completely outmatched. I mean... Uh, certainly Phoenix had, uh, Booker, um, who s- scored a lot of points, Devin Booker with 30. <laughs> he always scores a lot of points. Yeah. yeah. And, and Kelly Oubre with 23, but I mean, their starting lineup had, um, <laughs> 55, 78 points. And then they had 20 from their bench. I mean, it was, or not even 20. They had 15 points from their bench. I mean, their bench was just brutal. And the funny thing about their bench was you and I both noted that their kind of mini comeback in the third quarter was all around reach on Holmes and McCall bridges and their yep. defense. And then they didn't play anymore. And it's like, I mean, uh, rich Holmes is one of the best analytics players in the NBA right now in terms yeah. of uh plus minus and, you know, uh, RPM, I mean, oh yeah, he's defensively just off the charts. Yeah, and he is a guy that can shoot too. Yeah, and so you see that block that he had on. uh, Oh my god, was it on Knight? I think, or was it on Jetty? Was one of the two, but it was. Yeah, I can't remember which one it was, but it was like it was like a volleyball spike. Yeah, (laughs) like he was up there forever. (laughs) 
And I think Bridget Bridges is really good too. He just doesn't really get many opportunities. And then, especially when you got a guy like when you got a guy like Booker who's taking all the shots. Yeah. Like Bridges was on the floor for for twenty four minutes and he took three shots. Yeah. Well, and then you've got a guy like Josh Jackson who is he is literally like his nickname should be Tank Motor. Yeah, <laughs> like he was five of sixteen tonight. Just look like a guy that just throws up garbage over and over. Yeah, and just not very good. You remember when they weren't going to give him up for Kyrie? Yeah, crazy. It's like why not? Like <laughs> I two years of like two Bullet years of Kyrie would have been better than watching this guy play. Yeah, bullet <laughs> dodged. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I don't know. I'm not a. I. I no. When I watch him, I'm like, I don't get it. Yeah, he's all. been abjectly awful. Meanwhile, I'm not sure why Washington gave up on Kelly Oubre Jr. so quickly. Well, but... it was mainly to get out of the luxury tax. But still, like, I don't know, man. Trade, well, trade away Oubre, Otto. Well, I guess they did trade away Porter. He's a restricted free tonight. agent. They can't afford another, you know, contract. Yeah, but they <laughs> traded away Porter, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're, tra- they're, they're, well, why does Washington do anything? Everything Washington does makes no sense. I'm not a big fan of Oubre's, but man, he's been playing lights out since he's been in Phoenix. Yeah, I mean, he is a solid... You, I always kind of got the sense if John Wall ha, was not there, he would be a better player. You know what right. I mean? Like, he'd have the ball in his hands more. Um, he He's a really dynamic finisher. 4-9, yeah. he's just kind of a knucklehead. I think that's... I mean, just from the way a lot of young guys who just come into the league are... But wow, this uh, Boston Milwaukee game is tied at ninety five with under a minute to go. Oh man, you are um, you're about four points ahead of me. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Oh no, it's okay. I have I have streaming TV now, which which makes it naturally slower. So right, that's true. <laughs> Be a couple of possessions. Well, yeah, you'll see. Oh, I won't ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't. Yeah, but, it's a good game yeah. though. Oh I mean, yeah, that's it has been a good a, game. Could be a playoff matchup. Oh, for sure. Green versus green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. That we've seen a lot of that. Well, we'll get to it, I guess, with the uh, yeah, with both our former Cavs talking about uh, what they got to do in the stretch run. But anyway, so we capped off this game. And, yeah. So what I do mean, you think I, of DeAndre Ayton? Uh, I mean, aside from looking like. You know, like the new the new Greg Oden as far as like forehead wrinkles go, and just <laughs> yeah. looking like he's thirty five years old already. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he, I, he looks he was older kind of than Thon Maker. <laughs> he, he was kind of a non factor. I felt. Yeah. I mean, for a guy that was a number one overall pick, um, you know, thirty five minutes. He took nine shots. He made five. It's fine. He was, uh, minus, he was a game low minus twenty one. Minus twenty one. I mean, he had nine rebounds. Boy, is three he passive defensively. Like, yeah, he doesn't, not, like not he, a month. Yeah, I mean, that's why I think Ante had such a good game is because you yeah. have a lot of resistance. Well, like if you are a starting center in the NBA and you play thirty five minutes, there is no way you should have zero fouls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's ridiculous. That's true. <laughs> like if if Larry Nance played. 35 minutes he would always have at least three fouls like i can't yeah. even imagine that ever happening no like I, he'd just, foul out if, like, yeah 35 minutes but i mean that <laughs> just shows you kind of his defensive passivity he just doesn't go for blocks and 
I mean, he's still a rookie. So I mean, he is, but big men are always big men always come around slower. Um, and you and I'm I, sure I talked about of... also. It certainly seems like this team is just trotting out garbage lineups to not win basketball games. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you're trying to win, you've got you're probably starting Rishon Holmes over Josh Jackson. Yeah, and, and you're probably giving Bridges a lot more opportunities. And I don't know. I I, I mean, I I don't really get the Tyler the Tyler Johnson move. I mean, I, I know it was a salary dump for Miami. I'm assuming it's he, he's not expiring though, is he? No, Tyler? he he, he, he like being paid. Still, Almost twenty million dollars next year. So why do you do that if you're Phoenix? I don't know uh, because they got a draft pick. Okay, and but still, yeah, but they've got a, I believe, a future Miami unprotected. Okay, is, well then that that makes sense then. Yeah, I mean, it it's not a bad gamble. I mean, <laughs> Ty, Tyler Johnson is one of my. I just don't understand like. What did I say? He's the most uh <laughs> He's he's not an attractive man. Let's put it that. Well, <laughs> he kind of goes I mean like like he has he doesn't really there's not a whole lot of manscaping going on there no, and it's not. the, the lost the lost teeth doesn't really help. Yeah, no. It's so it's, yeah. He he's one of the goofiest looking guys in the NBA. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I actually thought he was a better I actually thought he was a better um he was a decent player in Miami but I don't I don't know I, I don't th- know I guess how hard he has to work now though you know he's well, one of those guys. he literally signed a 76 million dollar contract and he probably never has to work again you know yeah. I think that might be part of the issue <laughs> Yeah true you know true. I don't know yeah once, yeah once you once you actually uh once you actually you know get a deal like that for basically not doing much of anything. Like, I, I just wonder like what the heck was Pat Riley doing with all these deals? Yeah. I, well, no. Yeah. I mean, you look at that, you look at, uh, James J- Johnson, Oh, the white side deal, the white side deal. I mean, the white side, at least you can understand it a little bit because he looked really good and he puts up just crazy numbers when he wants to put up crazy numbers. But it was the, um, you know, the Tyler Johnson and the uh, and the James Johnson and uh, the Dion Waiters contract. No, I know. <laughs> like the guy had one good half a season and he got. Forty-eight million dollars. I mean, it's just like insane. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. I mean, they they made it close against Philly tonight, but uh, but that was without uh, without Embiid. Although the dear Kinder Lumper played a pretty good game. Yeah, my boy he came <laughs> he came only like after Embiid the fastest to uh, a thousand points to a thousand points mainly because he doesn't play at all. Usually. <laughs> no, exactly. Like how old is he? He might be the oldest player ever get to a thousand points. I mean, <laughs> I got to see how old he is. He he's not a young man. That's true. <laughs> he is. Oh shoot. He's thirty years old. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got to be one of the oldest guys in the NBA to get to a thousand points. But yet the fastest to it because he's only because he's only played <laughs> like a thousand minutes. He's yeah. only played like a thousand minutes. <laughs> like he, 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 I think that was the thing. Like he averages like a, a point a minute that he's on the floor. <laughs> yeah. But you know, good for him. I mean, hey, if if Philly can do that, in you know, and have him fill in for Embiid for a week, because it sounds like that's about how long he'll be out. Uh, you know, good for good for Philly, good for Kinder their Kinder Lumper. Yeah, it's a good Man, throw in. It on, is certainly seeming. Deal. Sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt you. No, that's okay. I oh, you are you certainly seeming like the game? refs have screwed up the end of this game. Oh yet man, again. It clearly looked like they touched it that they Brooke Lopez got it off the rim in time for them to possess the ball again, but then the refs blew said, a dead ball. Yeah, yeah, blew a, a blew dead a ball. Because, yeah, <sighs> so it's a pretty big. I think they. I think they should just go back and jump it again. Yeah, it's really goofy. Because uh, you know, if Boston wins this game now, it'll be this is. I mean. It's well, a pretty big. How about that game in um, the college game where Georgia won by a point when somebody threw a stuffed animal oh, on saw. the court, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the home team got a tech, and then they ended up losing? It's like, uh, anyway. I wish college mattered. <laughs> ah, yeah, we'll get to we, that we we might get into that in a bit. So uh, yeah, I mean. Up up this game anyway. So yeah, so anything to say about the Cavs? I mean, I kind of no, feel like I, think I expected them to win this game. I'm glad they did, even though it you know maybe it'll cost them. I, I, I that's the thing though. Like I just don't think they're as bad as the Suns. No, I don't think, think anybody is have, as bad as the Suns. I think the Suns have have a lot of talent. They just they are clearly not interested in putting it together in a way that's going to win them really any games at all or be be yeah. very competitive at all so i tell you uh, what i mean it it's hard for me to like if i'm kakoskov is that his name yeah something like that kakakozov yeah <laughs> like you look at this franchise they literally didn't draft the guy that you coached to a gold medal or a bronze medal in luka doncic yep. um you know, it certainly seems as if right now DeAndre Ayton was clearly not the best player in that draft. I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised. Like, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that uh, job if I was. I mean, but the other issue is is there's only thirty of those jobs in the world. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. But it certainly. I mean, I would not want to play for Robert Sarver. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no. the crazy thing is they keep talking about all these guys they sign or were on their team that they're just buying out. Like, does anybody understand why they bought out um, Tyson Chandler or nope. who else went to that team that they bought out? Ariza. Ariza. No, not Ariza. Um, no, right. They shipped Ariza to Washington for yeah, Ubre. But who did they get in the Ubre deal that they just bought out? Oh, uh, Markeith Morris. Oh, yeah, Markeith, the dumb one. Whichever one is the dumb one. Yeah. (laughs) The one that didn't just miss a a shot. Yeah. (laughs) Or miss a rebound. Well, I guess the shot clock had already expired. No, he just complained about Kyrie getting fouled. Yeah. 
when no one, everyone knows you're not going to get that call. Uh, speaking of Kyrie, was <laughs> is he the most like insufferable NBA player that there is right now? I mean, talk about a guy that is just loves to hear himself talk and talks out of both sides of his mouth, like at the same time. Yeah, like his quote today. I got to pull this quote up. It's just the most insane thing I've ever seen. I mean, talk about someone. What's it more insane than Jason Tatum saying that he's guaranteeing the Celtics are going to win? Did you see my tweet on that from Tommy Boy? No. (laughs) I I tweeted the, the, um, I can take a dump in a box and slap a guarantee on it (laughs) from Tommy Boy. That's right. It's like, it's just, that guy's insane. Like yeah, Kyrie like, Irving, I just don't even get it. <laughs> I he talks just to talk and to get to get. Yeah, quotes. I mean, there's there's nothing Kyrie Irving loves more than hearing himself talk. It's like they say there he is loves no hearing himself is, talk more than getting buckets. There is no such thing as bad publicity. Oh yeah, I mean, my favorite was what did he say? He said, "Well, talking about the LeBron apology." Well, I had to apologize, but I don't regret it. <laughs> I don't yeah. regret it because that was the path so, I was on at so the time. Not an apo- so not an, an apology, apology, not an apology. I was like, how do you apologize and still not regret what you did? Like, isn't that the definition of an apology? <laughs> we live in the, the sorry, not sorry era. Yeah, it, it's just nuts. So I, I don't That's get it. He's just, I mean, look, he's a... Uh... I think he's he is what he is. He's a a twenty what six or seven year old twenty yeah kid now who like had had you know won a championship when he was what twenty three twenty four something so like that, yeah yeah so well just I I think I think he doesn't have an appreciation for how lucky he was and now maybe that's starting to seep in and rather than just talk to people quietly about that he decides he needs to broadcast every every way angle of it to the world well that's his brand i guess so yeah. every thought is is pure poetry and gold and must be shared with the world but that's the nba i mean the nba really i was Somebody was having to debate about it the other day that of all the sports, you know, the NBA, it's why these guys get paid what they do. It's why they, you know, that's, they're all on, they're all on Twitter. I mean, they are the most sort of, you know, it's, it's why the NBA, why the NBA is popular, right? It's not, no one talks about the games. Everyone talks about the off the court stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's the league's biggest problem right now. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> because I mean, it's a problem TV's, for, TV for doesn't like give us. sorry go ahead it's a, it's a problem for fans like us but it's not a problem for I mean the popularity has never been bigger well but long term their TV ratings are down you know and is that a function of the market or is that a function of it's a lot more interesting to read about the NBA and watch videos than it is to actually you know watch the games in, yeah. in some respects right now I mean I think that's a real issue Especially when you look at games like tonight, where Phoenix just totally looks like they are mailing it in. This is the 
you know. Right. Well, but that's that's just it. Like as long as people are as long as people are going to games and buying jerseys, that's all that's all the NBA really cares about. And then the TV market, I mean TNT's still strong. Like it's it's the local markets that are where the viewership is down. So here's the, but it's, Kyrie, here's you know, the it's, Kyrie. I think it's quote. that's Sorry. that's a a product of having so many other things to watch too. You know, <laughs> this is the Kyrie Kyrie Irving quote. I think it, you know, takes another a very hug? strong. Oh, whoops. Am I on mute or am I off mute here? You're off mute now. Okay. So here's the Kyrie Irving quote. I okay. think that you know it takes a very strong individual to replay a lot of experiences that you've had. <laughs> A lot of anger what? that you've built up where you didn't address the situation and allowed it to fester, and it was just combustion. And talking about the apology, it came out, and it just you realize, hey, man, I didn't have to deal with it the same way I dealt with it. I didn't have to go about it the same way. Now, mind you, I have no regrets in terms of any decision I made <laughs> going about my individual journey and what I want to foresee for my career. For me, but for me, yeah, it's just apologizing. It was a step for me to move forward in my life. <laughs> like, wow. You're talking a lot, but you're not saying anything. <laughs> anything. I mean, just shut up, dude. Yeah. Oh, I know. He's he's he is the the goat of just being a schmarmy schmuck. <laughs> Anyway. The goat of the goat of being an ass. Yeah, there you go. I I said something different on on the twitters today, but I won't repeat it on the podcast because it's right. You know, we keep it's, it, it, it's PG. We keep it PG. Yeah, PG. yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, but uh, anyway. So yeah, I mean, it's been a very interesting week. Uh, we just saw. The Bucks beat the Celtics. Um, we saw a very kind of lackluster All-Star weekend. Um, an odd All-Star weekend in Charlotte. It, it kind of had an odd buzz the whole weekend. Ha! Huh. That was good. That was, that was oh, good workplay. I didn't even get it. Yeah. Although, the, I will say that arena looked really cool. Oh, yeah. It? They did a nice job. Yeah. I mean... They had they had a little extra time to prepare for it since they got the game yanked from them two years ago. But. Yeah, that is true. But um, and then of course yesterday you had the um, Zion Williamson blew out his Nikes and right. uh, and uh, strained his MCL apparently or strained his knee. And of course, I was sitting with a surgeon tonight, <laughs> drinking beer, and he was telling me, "Yeah, he screwed up his MCL. I get, I could tell when it happened." <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was definitely interesting. Um, so, is Nike Changer their slogan to just blew it? Or oh, did did you do that yourself? Yeah, I did. Nice. That was very good. <laughs> I just came up with that on the fly. Nice. Um, I'm sure. I mean, not to denigrate your uh, creativity, but I'm sure you're not the first person to think of that. But, I'm sure I'm not. I'm but sure yeah, I'm that's not. pretty good. That's very good. Yeah, but I mean, how much did their stock drop? Uh, it dropped a bit, but it's I, Nike. I, yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah. They'll turn it. They'll they'll find a way to turn it into a positive. Yeah, it dropped one sure. percent, which is literally nothing. <laughs> In this yeah. market, it's that's nothing. That's just noise. 
Well, I thought it was ironic that it was a PG-13 model shoe. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of people are like, why is he wearing a shoe made for a guy that's like 100 pounds lighter? Yeah. You know. Exactly. Um, he or And a lot of people said he should be wearing LeBron's. So I, <laughs> well, I don't know what that means. I'm not a sneakerhead. If he so. wears LeBron's, then that almost assures he'll, he'll sign with Clutch then, right? Uh, it could be, yeah. <laughs> but so my whole thing is just the the incessant chorus of people like, why is he playing in college right now? He should shut it down. You know, he should go straight to the NBA. Uh, and college players should be, you know, paid. And, you know, Corey and I got into it a little. Corey, Hugh, and I got into it a little bit on the Twitters today. But I just feel like this is cause the stupid apocalypse of bad sports takes <laughs> stupid apocalypse uh i mean it's just like every millennial social justice warrior sports writer is talking about how they this guy should be paid and blah 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 and but here's the thing if guys go to the g league for a year which is like a lot of people's solution and of course, the NBA has now submitted a proposal to end one and done the day after this happened, you know. Right. Because Adam Silver annoys me. <laughs> I, I mean, this is just classic Adam Silver. But the one and done rule is ending the one and done is a solution in search of a problem. People forget how annoying it was for teams to draft these guys and then for them to sit on their bench doing nothing or being terrible, being worse than the 19 year olds that are coming into the league, you know, before, before the one and done rule. So I'm, I'm not a fan of eliminating it. The other issue being going to the minor leagues is not any better than going to college, you know, making $45,000 in the minors as an NBA player is nominally the same as a col- as a year of college. And I would argue that a year at Duke is a lot more beneficial to your long-term, your career earning bottom line as an endorser, as whatever you want to do, than one year playing in the minors for the Fort Wayne Mad Ants or, you know, the Erie Bayhawks where you're not going to be seen on TV, you're just going to be playing basketball and no one's going to really care. I I don't get it. I don't get these people that think it's the that you're getting literally zero ancillary benefits in terms of exposure and in terms of you know playing with very good coaching staffs and very good medical staffs and in terms Here's, of being scouted, how that is better than going to the minor leagues for a year and so, having your rights owned by a team because all those minor league baseball and hockey players are are really raking in the dough. Because not not all of these guys are, are those guys. LeBron well, I, I will agree that is the case. LeBron wasn't that guy. Kevin Garnett wasn't that guy. Kobe Bryant wasn't that guy. You know what I mean? mean? Like that's that the guy. When you what's say that? that guy, what do you mean? The guy that was going to go to the G League. Oh, okay. Out of out of high school, what okay. I'm I guess my my opinion is I I've always I've always disliked the one and done because from in my book it's the 
if you don't want to go to college, it's like any it's like any career. If you don't want to go to college and you want to go straight into your trade, you should be able to do that. Now, you then either you then you then have to prove that you can do it or not. And if if you're not ready, then you're going to wind up in the G League or in Europe or China or wherever. But that's probably we're going to wind up anyways. I think there's there are some guys that do benefit from the college experience, but that should be a choice rather than a a forcible one and done program where you have to go play a year at college, which is really the the, the fundamental issue, right? I mean, it's it's sort of the okay if you want to go start take the shot and go get a chance to start making money right out of high school, then you should be able to do that. But you you should also you know, you also have to accept the consequences when you don't make it, if you don't make it. That I I agree with that. But the counterpoint is nobody is, you know, holding these kids' parents hostage and telling them, you know, you either go play in college or, you know, I didn't want to use a phrase, but you, know, you use a commentary. Nobody's holding the gun to these kids' heads. They can all go play in Europe. They can all go play in China. You know, yeah, you but that's s- leaving. A, that's leaving a country. That's a that's a much bigger commitment than than going away than just going to the to the college, you know, in state or the next state over or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but again, no one's holding a gun to their head saying they have. No, no, to they are though. They are the NBA. The NBA rule saying you have to you can't just be you have to at least be a one and done you can't you can't just go from high school to the pros then then if you need to make that money right now go be a bricklayer you know go be a go join the army i mean that you don't have a fundamental right to go play basketball at, but, at whatever you want to do, but LeBron did, and Kobe did, and and Kevin Durant did. Yeah, See, and that's then, my problem. My problem is that they they instituted the rule not because of the NBA, but because of the NCAA raising a stink about them not having having competitive teams anymore at, at that level. I well, that's not. I disagree with your analysis of why the rule was initiated. I guarantee you, it was more it was more from the NCAA standpoint than it was the NBA standpoint. See, my reading the last two days has been that they're, they made that rule, and, and this is my recollection, as much to get one more year of vetting these guys before they went to the NBA, because so many guys were coming from out of high school, much more about that than, you know, in the Corleone Youngs of the world than it was about these guys you know, the NCAA complaining because the NBA doesn't care about the NCAA. The NBA cares about protecting their investments and they were investing in these kids and then they were flaming out her in a year or two. You know, they had these guys. Nobody's holding a gun to their head to draft a kid out of high school. Well, no, but I'm saying, but they, I'm just using the reverse analogy on you. No, what, what I'm saying is to protect themselves, the NBA collectively bargained an age limit, just like every other industry in the world does with, um, or not in the world, but in the U.S. does whenever they collectively bargain with you. So why are they reversing? Why are they Say, are, okay? So let me give you an analogy. Reversing field now. I don't know. I think it's dumb. I think it's <laughs> dumb they did it in the first place. Well, I think it's dumb they're doing it now. So let me give you an analogy. You okay. have got 
the best pipe fitter in the world, but he's 17 years old. No matter what, because of the rules of the union, if you want to be the greatest pipe fitter, you still have to apprentice under another. You still have to go through the rules of that union to become a pipe fitter. But nobody has a problem with that. But everybody has a problem with players going through the rules of this union that the NBA and its labor market have negotiated just because those guys are very talented. But you know what? That's the rules. Live by them. You know, I I just don't understand this thing is like they feel as if players are being exploited by playing in college when they're getting a ridiculous amount of ancillary benefits. And on the average, they probably outweigh what they would be making in the major leagues, which in my, or in the minor leagues, sorry, in my opinion, is no, that that's true. How are they getting, how are they getting ancillary money? Well, you're getting a $25,000 college, $25,000 in college tuition and benefits a year plus the goodwill of having gone to that college and being exposed and and synergizing your personal brand with that of the college for a whole year. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. I don't a buy. Lot, I don't buy any of that. Sorry. I think it's going to be a lot more valuable long term for those players than going to the minor leagues for a year. I think yeah. going. I think instituting a minor league system will actually depress wages and depress the value of these guys throughout their earning career and that's not what they're talking about doing is it they're not talking about adding a they're not talking about adding that but i think so many more players are going to go to the minors and it'll hurt their potential the other thing that happens is say you've got a really good player he goes to the minors a team owns his rights he was drafted with the 30th pick He's hardly making any money, but oh, hey, this guy's really good. Otherwise, if he'd have gone to the pros, he might be a third pick, you know. And sure. obviously, those guys have the decision to make, but I don't think having one rule versus the other is inherently better. I just think they're two different rules. And my problem, my problem is is what's come before, and what's what why, and it's it's not like it was that long ago. That guys could go right from the right from high school to the pros. I mean, LeBron was one of the last ones, right? Yeah, CJ so, Miles. <laughs> yeah, but he was before LeBron. Well, he was before no, LeBron. I think or it was the same, same, same year. right? Yeah, I'm just saying. If guy, if the if the arguably the best player in basketball got to do it, if you're Zion Williamson, why shouldn't you be able to do it? Because they collectively bargain to keep them out. I mean, that's the way collective I know, bargaining works. But I'm saying, I think I, I understand. I'm saying I didn't agree with the rule when they did it, and now that they're talking about repealing it, I'm all for it. I, I guess my opinion is, I, I don't know. I just think it's a bad idea. I think you're you're literally going to be paying more guys to not play basketball, which is the NBA's biggest problem right now. Is they've got veterans that it, but and but better, eventually, well, eventually teams. No, but I'm saying eventually teams. The problem is they never let it go far enough. 
They never let it go to a place where teams now decided, okay, you know what? We're not going to do that anymore. We're not going. We're and and by the way, towards the end of it, guys, teams were avoiding drafting kids out of high school. There were guys that slid to the second round or oh, didn't or get drafted, didn't get drafted, at, drafted all at all. Yeah, because teams were starting to catch. It would be like we can't afford for this to to be a bust. We can't afford to pay this guy who's going to wash out. So. Yeah, we might miss we might miss out on his upside, but we'd rather take a guy that's done a couple had a couple of years in in school under a under a Shishovsky or a, you know whomever, right? So that's the that's the difference. Like you have to if, if it's it's free market. If you if you have teams that are doing that and but are getting it's not burned free by free market though, because it's still it controlled is. by a draft. That's not free market. If it's free market, you get rid of the salary cap, you get rid of the draft, and everybody that comes in no, the league is a free agent. What's That's dra- free market. No, it's not not completely because the draft you can you can make just as money as as much money as anybody else in, in the same thing. In fact, they've made no, you it. You can't for- because you have a a salary cap on the rookie salary. It's it's not a free market. It's a cartel. <laughs> Right on the on your first what is it three years, four, okay, and then a year of restricted free agency. Okay, but again, that to me would would strike me as okay. Well, if that's the by putting that in place, because that I think the the rookie salary cap went into effect around the same time as the as the one and done rule, right? Um, around there, I think the about- rookie salary cap was a little earlier, but. Right, yeah. but a rookie salary cap, by the way, just that alone would give, I'd say, at least fifty percent of the kids that are thinking about just going right to the pros from high school pause to say, well, I, you know, I might as well go to school and get and be the best, be the be a better player if I'm really not going to make all that much the first three or four years, anyways. Well, yeah, but not all that much in the NBA is still a hell of a lot more than you know. You're making in college. I mean, if you're making three hundred eighty-five thousand in the NBA, NBA, which I think is around the minimum, that's you know, that's not chump change. Yeah, I know. No, and, and you know, to your point, I I guess I would have to see what the actual system is going to look like before I, you know, I'm I'm getting annoyed about conjecture right now. I guess the thing that just annoys me more than anything is is a hot takes. Is the hot takes and also I agree these, with you on that. All these people talking about, you know, y- y- it's funny because I made this argument with Tom. Is basically the college system is a communist system. Basically, everybody makes the same amount of compensation, whether you're the tenth guy on the bench or the first guy on the bench. You know, if everything is above board, obviously. You right. know, I, I commented today, if you think Zion Williamson's not being paid, I I kind of feel sorry for you. I think that's cute. But um, the other side of that, it's communism. Everybody gets paid the same. And so you've got all these social justice warriors arguing against communism for capitalism, which I just think is funny. Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> you know, all these socialists rejecting socialism for capitalism. So, yeah. Anyway. No, look, and, and that's the thing. If... My point is this: if if the high school, if the one and done rule didn't exist, right, and you had someone like Zion Williamson, 
who decided he still wanted to go to Duke anyways to get a year under, you know, to get a year or two under Mike Krzyzewski, then that's his choice. And there's no belly aching about, well, he should be getting paid or whatever. It's like, well, no, he made that choice, right? The problem with the one and done is you have no choice other than the one you talked about, which is go to Europe, go to China, yeah. which I don't think is all that viable. I think no, I Europe's think it's probably Europe's probably a little more viable. There, there's a very you, few select guys that Europe would be a good thing for. Yeah, you know, but I mean, takes still, the right you, person, especially now with with guys like like uh, Porzingis and Dantich and you know Jetty to a degree. I mean, guys like that 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 are coming out of the European system that can really play ball, and you're like, oh, okay, well they, I mean. I mean, Dirk came out of the European system. So you look at that and you say, okay, maybe that's viable, but China's probably not, and at least not yet. So, you know, you give you, – you, that's, that's my point. If, if it's a, hey, you know what? I really do want to go to college and have that experience, even if it's for a year or two, and learn under a, a great college coach and, and get my fundamentals down because – I only really know how to kind of play pickup style at, from from high school. Then that's that's a that's a reason to do that. And then you you eliminate this argument of well they should be getting paid because then it's then there is no argument. You either decide you want to go right from right from high school into the pros and you're getting paid even if it's a minimum salary to you know to to go play for a G League team or you made the choice to go to college because you want the experience and the and the all the things that you mentioned. In which case, they shouldn't be getting paid because that's the choice they made. Okay, so right? let me take your advocation one step further. Okay. So in Europe, they have these club teams, and guys are on these club teams starting at fifteen and sixteen. So if an eighteen-year-old should be able to go to the pros. Why shouldn't a 16 or 17 year old be able to go play in the minor leagues? You know, why should they have to go to high school? You know, or as a or you know play on AAU teams. You know, why shouldn't they be able to get paid and be in a pro situation and be in a structured environment? I think it's a body development thing. I think, but from they a, do it in Europe. Yeah, but I think from a they're not they're they're not. I mean, a lot of them are like rail thin too. Like, look at Anthony Davis. Like, he grew. What did he grow? Like, like six or seven inches between his his. Uh, well, I'm not saying junior and senior be year. Everyone either. No, I'm saying, but at least eight. That eighteen is, you know, if you're done with high school, you know, biologically, most most. Uh, I see. I think you're taking the same exact argument that people are taking against or I mean for the one and done rule. And then when I lower the age even more, you're like, Oh, well, 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 no. Okay. So I, I think, no, I, I don't care. I mean, it, it's more of a, it's more of a, yes, it's been, it's been, it had been the standard for a lot longer than the one and done has been a standard. The yeah. get done with high school. And then you can, if you want to go to the league, you can, you have the, yeah. you have the opportunity to do so. And there's been, you know, 40, 50 years of NBA history where that was the case before the one and done rule. Yeah, but I mean, why can't America produce a Luka Doncic, you know, a guy that's been on club teams since, you know, 16, 17? Why do we 
have Ooh. to have this high school and AAU system that is and, clearly and Levar Ball, Levar Ball would probably would probably agree with you and say, well, you know, Lamelo, Lamelo's or Leangelo, whoever has been good since he was fifteen, he could play in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, who makes the money off those shoe companies and handlers and you know AAU coaches? You know, sure. why why shouldn't the players make the money? So, and then the other part of that that I'll you know kind of get into is nah, I forgot my point. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, it's interesting. I Oh look, I, I agree with you no, about oh, the hypocrisy. So here was my other idea. The hypocrisy of hot takes. I think So here's that, my other idea. Yeah. Why don't like if I'm major college uh basketball programs, why don't we become the minor league? Why don't we just make these basketball teams and these players contractors for our university and just pay them, you know, rather than losing these guys to the NBA and just make them a part of the marketing wing of our university? Because that's pretty much what they are now. At least they're making the money instead of the coaches and the shoe companies and the university, you know. what? Um, it's got more to do with with uh, university BS. Um, well, just how they're just how they're operated. Again, oh, I understand. I it's a, it's, a, it's a it's a traditional thing, and it's a, something that would have to be. I mean, look, any like anything, like any of these things, would have to be um, adjudicated within the within the NCAA themselves and or the college system. Just pull basketball out of the NCAA and just say, hey, basketball is a different sport now. We're not going to be a part of the NCAA for basketball. Sure. You know, I, I think that's totally a legitimate way to run your business or, but I, and I don't know about, obviously all the laws vary from state to state and all the laws governing and how these universities, how these universities are set up are very different and may they make that very difficult. And of course, there's many entities with a vested interest in staying in that power structure. But the other side of it is, you know, why are we beholden to these traditions that have, you know, spurred these enormous bureaucracies that kind of make no sense and serve no one's purposes but their own? You know, rather than, you know, letting these kids get paid in a structured environment, you know, we should be thinking outside the box a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the minor league system, to me isn't any better than a guy going playing for Duke. You're just trading one exploitative system for another, you know? Yeah, so, I get that. That's my rant for the day. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I, I, no, and look, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't disagree with anything other a than very good foil. So thank yeah, you. <laughs> that's fine. No, look, I don't agree, disagree with anything other than I wouldn't have, I was against the one and done yeah. when they, when they, when they implemented it. Um, you know, and mainly because I just think I just think it's it's sort of like the way that the the league is gone. It, it, it's it everyone should get an opportunity to, to you know to make that leap if they want to, and then it's on NBA teams to show restraint and not just go for and every not be idiots. Well, yeah, and not throw money. And and again, like I said, the 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 rookie salary cap mitigates a lot of that now but well and and i will say you know the rookie salary cap and 
or I'm sorry, I guess it's not a salary cap, but the rookie salary slotting. Right. Um, and the one and done rule. Um, and even the salary cap are a lot about saving these teams from themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, from making very stupid financial decisions. From playing fantasy basketball. Yeah, exactly. And and they've needed to have saved, you know, the Timofey Mozgov <laughs> 70, the bus, uh, Jim Bus contracts and the, uh, you know, Bismack Biombo contracts and the, um, you know, 76 million for Tyler Johnson, Pat Riley contracts. Crazy. Uh, a lot of it was about saving owners from, you know, owners and GMs a little bit do need to be safe from themselves. You're going to see some nuts contracts this summer with all the cap room that all these teams have and more talented players than they have or more cap room than there are talented players. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, look at the leg, watch, just watch what the Lakers do. Oh yeah. Cause you know, if they don't, if they don't, if they don't get uh KD or, or get traded AD or Kyrie or someone like that, you, you know, they're going to wind up signing like, what, did you, you know, see what Vuk- I said today. Vucevic yeah. And, uh, yeah. Who, uh, who's oh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. I mean, that's yeah. like classic. Classic. Clutch his own. Yeah. Eric Bledsoe. So. Well, yeah. it's magic. It's magic and Rob Palenka, too. And, yeah. You know, ne- talk about talk about two guys that should never be allowed to run a team together. <laughs> I love the magic quote about how he's held to a higher standard for tampering than anyone yeah. else in the league. But yet no one else consistently goes on yeah. national TV and runs their mouth. Exactly. And... Yeah, it's, it's it's like, yeah, no 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 duh uh magic because you're the only one who does stupid shit like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like everyone else is smart enough to keep their freaking mouth shut. <laughs> yeah. It's I I I don't know. It's he's uh, magic's not he's not magic the guy is not the pick. sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting conundrum. Like, I don't know if we've seen, can you think of any sport where we've seen very, very good former players become great executives? Like I, Ozzie Newsome might be the only example. I, I was going to say he was going to be my, yeah. my choice too. And then early, early John Elway. But and early Joe recent, Dumars. Recent John Elway has been very, very bad. Yeah, although I wouldn't say Joe Dumars was a superstar you no. know, in the NBA. He was a very was like a good man. player. Well, he was like the Andre Iguodala of the bad boys, you know. Right. Like, right. he was a borderline all-star a couple years, and he was very good, but he wasn't the I mean, you know, El- the Elton, Brand, Elton Brand, the jury's still out, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Although Elton Brand had a very strange career arc in a way too. That well, he was a big star for a little while. Yeah, he was a big star for a little while. So he was a max. He was a max contract guy, I think. He was. Yeah, the whole we talked about it last time we podcasted about Baron Davis and Elton right. Brand, <laughs> right? And one of them running off. Well, most of them don't get into that. Most of them, most of them wind up going to. ESPN or TNT and becoming talking heads that you can't stand. Yeah. I I guess the guy that is being considered in a lot of circles as a very good GM candidate is uh, Trajan Langdon. 
Did you, have really? you heard that? Yeah. Yeah. What uh Alaska zone. Uh yes. Anchor Anchorage East High School zone. Yeah. There you go. No, I had not heard that, but I it doesn't surprise me. I, I think he's with the Nets organization right now. He sort of falls into that James Jones category though, right? Where it's like not not a star. No, no, guy. no. I mean Trajan Lane, I would say he was never a star in the pros. Right. Although he does own an AK forty seven gifted to him by uh Vladimir Putin. So that's funny. I thought I was, <laughs> thought you were going to say by Andrei Kirilenko. No, no, because um, uh, uh, he played for KSK Moscow, won oh, right. championships yeah. for KSK uh, a Moscow. So. Well, I guess Boston fans would would probably put Danny Ainge in that category of yeah. But again, he was like a six man, you know. Yeah, he but he was. He's, he's definitely part of those important part of those championships. Yeah, but I mean, it was all about the Chief and Mikhail and Bird. You know, ooh, they're replaying the uh, the Rondo, uh, Chris Paul, <laughs> uh, like dust whatever up. it was dust up earlier in the year. Spitgate. <laughs> yeah, but he actually Rondo actually landed a punch on Chris Paul. <laughs> Surprised he didn't get thrown out for longer. Yeah, that was kind of the first kind of spiral moment for the Lakers season. <laughs> the first of many. The first of many. Although, you so I have to apologize a little bit because you kind of uh, called me out for reading guys' responses on the five on five before. Oh yeah, I was no. I well, was, I, the funny <laughs> thing was, so the only ones I did that on were yours and Mallory's. Yeah. And only because they were right in front of me, and also because they're you, you and Mallory. <laughs> right. No, I know. I know. But, um, but yeah, totally. I, I think we. Uh, I mean, did did we cover that a little bit on the five on five? Oh yeah. So my point yeah. was, I still think the Lakers are making the playoffs. I I still I think they're going to make the seventh seed. That's just my gut feeling. You think the seventh seed? I yeah. mean. LeBron goes into destructor mode, and they you know they the have seed. they have three teams ahead of them, right? I do, yeah. To get to the seventh seed, I do. I I just think they're going to. And do one that. of them is a very good Sacramento team. And that Sacramento team is very good, and um, you know, I didn't believe it earlier this year, but now I might a little. That Sacramento team might be a model for the Cavs, Ooh. um, in terms of. You know, Colin Sexton. Imagine that a Vivek Ranadive team being a model for the. Cavs. I think they. Well, I think they completely lucked their way into that, but that—that's also you need that a little bit. I mean, well, it was a big haul from the boogie trade, right? Well, and okay, they got Buddy Heald, and they got two picks, and they got, uh, and one of those picks became De'Aaron Fox. And yeah, they, well, and then say Magic does a smart thing and takes Fox instead of uh, Lonzo Ball, we're having a very different conversation right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just think, look, I, I'm, by the way, I, I, it wasn't like I disagreed with that point. I think the thing we disagreed on was the was what would happen if the Knicks got the number one pick. Oh, yeah, no, but, I, and I, I think you were completely fair. And I've read that reading of the situation from more than one other person, so I, I just apparently think, am in the minority. I don't think James Dolan is going to find a buyer for the price he wants. So I don't think he's selling, even though he's talking about. It, I don't think he's going to sell the team anytime no. soon, and so as long as he's five in charge, billion? five billion with a B, and that's a start. That's his floor. Like that's his starting point. 
And the teams now, – now, here's the thing. The team, because it's in New York, is valued at three – I think three and a quarter billion. Yeah. But, but no team has been ever – I think the Clippers sold for two billion. Yeah, and everybody said – and even there's been rumors that Balmer says he regrets paying that much and buying yeah, that team. he does. <laughs> but also, yeah, I mean, he completely overpaid by – how much do you figure he overpaid by? At least a at least a at least five hundred million and yeah, at maybe least a half a billion dollars. Like, and maybe yeah. more like seven like three quarters of a billion. Yeah. At least but, half a billion dollars. Yeah. With a B. With a B. <laughs> now so uh get back to the Lakers thing, here's where I think look, I, I like I said in my response, I I wouldn't doubt LeBron. I would always I mean we People forget really have a real short memory and forget really quickly what he was able to do with some pretty subpar teams in Cleveland. Um, so I would never count yeah. LeBron out. It's not even about LeBron to me. It's about the rest of the team. Yeah, and, and, and they are mentally after the after this whole trade deadline fiasco, and you know, and with and with how how frustrated I think LeBron will get if his teammates can't measure up i mean i i you know he's he's had the quote a few times that he really thought they would would have been at least 500 while he was out and you know they were more like what the Cavs were like when he was out which yeah. is usually what happens when you build an offense around a guy and when you you know you when he's not there you it's just not going to go down the way you want it to so yeah and but, and maybe those Cavs teams weren't as subpar as everybody thought they were. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe and they were completely built to play around LeBron. Shocking I, thought, I know. <laughs> I just think the the problem with the problem with the Lakers, and it's also the problem that you know when when everyone, not everyone, but half half the people out there were bashing New Orleans for not taking that jumping at that deal. I mean, none of those guys are stars. No. None of the, none of those guys is probably going to be a star. Like they're all complementary players. They're all yeah. They they all they're like one dimensional, right? Like yeah. Like Lonzo's a really good distributor, but he can't shoot to save his life, right? And he plays decent defense. Kuzma's a great shooter, but plays zero defense and makes him makes some dumb mistakes. You know, Ingram. Uh, was the closest thing everybody thought to be a star, and the guy just, the guy just h- hasn't been able to do it. He just it doesn't seem like he can mentally get to that that level with his game. So now all of a sudden you're like just got pieces parts, and there's no way that a team like New Orleans, who exists in the smallest television market and and fan market in the NBA, and just built a new stadium, they need a star. Oh, they absolutely. Need, I'm not. I'm they not going to argue with you at all. Yeah, so I guess my point about the Lakers is I don't doubt LeBron at all, but I do doubt his team, and I do think that sometimes he's never really faced this really since the beginning with the Cavs back in like 2004 and five, when they just missed the playoffs at, to a coin flip to the Nets at 42 and 40. It's the... You know they have the they have the I think the ninth toughest schedule from for the next thirty games from now until the end of the season, and they 
you know, they they they've got some they've got some real brutal games coming up, including the one tonight against Houston, where you know they they played them tough for the for the first thirteen minutes of the quarter, yeah, and then now they're down by ten going into now they're the down second. 10. And that's with James Harden with three fouls and being out since yeah. halfway through the quarter. So, you know, it's it's difficult to say that that this team's going to somehow get it together. It's possible. LeBron just puts him on his back and goes all out to win enough close games to maybe maybe they get into the to the eighth spot. I, I don't think they get past the the Spurs or the Jazz, whoever's in the seventh spot. Yeah. Uh, well, you could be right. I mean, the other. Yeah, see, now you're selling me. But the other thing is I think like all the other, you know, teams that LeBron was on that were not that were not perceived as good teams all had guys that could at least have games that were kind of tailored around LeBron. They had a lot of either 3 and D guys or yeah. guys that did one thing that contributed to multiple things that contributed to winning, whether that was running an offense when LeBron was on the bench and then playing three and D when LeBron was on the floor, you know, like a, um, oh, Delonte West or, right. you know, a, or a guy that can shoot and also rebound and block a few shots like Zydrunas Ogaskas or even a Daniel Marshall, you know, sure. Whereas, sure. you know, three point specialist space yeah. the floor that the Lakers don't seem to have that and don't seem to be looking this year for that. And also I'm not a hundred percent sure at this point that you can even, I'm not sure that Luke Walton's going to make it through the season, but I think he will. I think he gets fired in the summer. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, it just depends on how bad things get. Like I said, I, my, my, Conspiracy theory is that LeBron will, if if things go badly, LeBron will find a way to have the groin come back into play and just shut it down. Because look, it's funny. Like for all the lip service that they had going into the season, where it's like, hey, we're not we're not trying to win a championship right now. We're trying to oh, yeah, no, I mean, and we build a good discussion. team, and yeah. yeah, it's like no, it, clearly. That's not okay with LeBron. He's never going to be okay with that. He's, you know, he's only got so many years left as a, a viable top five player. So you're not going to waste a season of that, right? But if it gets to a place where it's like, well, our best, our best case scenario is having LeBron go all out and fight like hell to, just to get the eighth seed, so we can have the honor of getting probably swept by. <laughs> and and maybe a LeBron team could win one game against Golden State, but you're not going to win that series in the first round. So, you know what what are we what are they really talking about? Is it better to to lose in round one or just just shut it down and and not even get there in the first place? Just depends on the narrative that that LeBron wants. But at the same time, I kind of feel like what what better way to to come back, put a chip on your shoulder, and have have that thing to strive for than, you know, to say, Hey, well, he went from missing the playoffs to winning a championship because, you know, Katie, Katie left golden state and they got, you know, they finally did get Anthony Davis or, you know, somebody else in the, in the summertime. And, 
you know, now they can go spend the next two years trying to trying to win one. And I think that's all he really in his heart of hearts, all he really wants to do other than just have a a successful production company in Los Angeles is. So, so I have a question for you. Oh, yeah. OK. So do you think there's any chance either from the Lakers side or LeBron's side, if things go sour enough that LeBron gets traded this summer? No. None? Zero? Nope. Zero. Okay. okay. Fair enough. I think there's an outside shot, but <laughs> but it, it would be hard. That the, the problem is envisioning who would ask for that because everybody has so much pride. So Yeah. Well, LeBron's not going to ask for it. He doesn't want to leave out. He, half, we, as we know, half the reason he's yeah. in L.A. is to be able to shoot things Space like Jam too. Space Jam and two in the in the summer or yeah. you know and to his he's not going to take he's not going to want to take his kids back out of school unless they're going back to Ohio oh, his his kids are staying in LA regardless i mean yeah from so unless I don't he know. moves to my someone somewhere as far away as Miami but yeah but where else would he go besides Miami i i, I yeah i'm uh, i'm in agreement with you so yeah, I, I can't see it. And I can't see that that like Magic would then become the only the only GM ever to trade LeBron. Yeah, that's true. I mean that's true. Like LeBron's there, there, only there, ever traded himself. Too much <laughs> um too much um pride on the line. And you know, I will give LeBron credit, you know, with all these guys and you know the newest thing about Guys signing contracts and then deciding before the contract's even up that they want to go pay, play somewhere else. LeBron, despite his January and February foibles, um, always played to the end of his contract, never demanded a trade, and always played hard. You know, yeah. maybe not all year well, round, but certainly, certainly <laughs> on in the offense, playoffs. anyways. <laughs> well, and. And certainly was a guy worth being the face of your franchise, you know. Yeah. And and kept himself in tremendous shape. I mean, he may not have always played hard on defense, but he certainly worked hard, worked his butt off to keep himself healthy and available as a player. Sure. So well, we as we saw in the last four years in Cleveland, he 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 sees the bigger picture, yeah. right? He sees that. Hey, you know what? I he could have he could have been the eighth seed in the East and still gotten to the finals every year had he wanted to, yeah. and just taken larger amounts of time off. Yeah. But you know, it's it's LeBron. I think he challenges. No, I'm not sure that's true ways. this year. <laughs> no, no, not this the, year. The, I, the East has definitely gotten markedly better. I would say. True, although. Who's the eighth seed right now? Like Charlotte? Like yeah. Meh. Well, the top three of the East certainly. Of course, but it doesn't mean he couldn't have been an eighth seed and and still because oh, you know I'm, I'm we, not we know Toronto. <laughs> yeah, Toronto is is uh, lives still probably lives in fear of LeBron, but um, <laughs> Lebronto. I, Lebronto. I don't know. I, I think I would never bet against the guy or underestimate the guy, but I will bet against the Lakers and 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 so believe they're that, not going to make the playoffs or I don't think they are no interesting okay I well, think I think it will take 
it will take as LeBron playing as hard as he usually does in the playoffs. In the playoffs for them just to make just to be the eighth seed. Interesting. Well, eg, um, <laughs> this this podcast is starting to get a little long in the tooth, so. Um, I'm going to ask you if you have any uh, thing to pitch, any picks. Um, you got a best picture prediction, or are you going to keep that close to the vest? Oh, no. I think it's um, – if I had to bet today, I would say Green Book. Really? Um, because... Is Beale Street nominated? No. Oh, okay. No, I think it's – I don't think so. I think it's um, – I think it's it's Black – Panther, Black Klansman, Green Book, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, Stars Born, Roma, uh, Roma, um, The Favorite, and one more that I'm blanking on. Um, oh, Vice. So it's those eight. So I think. I mean, look, just from just from having seen them all, I would say Green Book was probably my favorite. Um, mainly because, uh, because of the, just because of the, just overall the acting and the, you know, the, the script and, and, and how it was done. But, um, although ironically it's director, uh, Peter Farrelly is not nominated. So I think the best director will go to, will go to Quaron for Roma, but I think there's a real problem amongst um, some of the older voters in the Academy that Roma is a Netflix movie. And I think they'll, I think that will be the reason why it, it doesn't win over green book. I'll be honest. I was bored out of my mind by Roma, but <laughs> I appreciated what it was. I mean, it was beautiful, but I, I haven't watched it. I doesn't. Yeah. Sound... Don't you sink two hours of your life. I actually really enjoyed black Klansman, but, yeah. and they, they haven't given Spike Lee, you know, a nod. So it's a possibility that, you know, Spike finally gets his, yeah. his, uh, his due, but <laughs> do you have a, do you have a, fa- a favorite? A well, pick? my favorite is black Klansman. Um, and of course, I don't know if you've heard the running joke on this season of South park, but it's basically that, Black Panther isn't that good. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a giant like secret nobody wants to talk about. Like yeah. the script is just okay and the acting is just okay and it's a lot of really great costumery and music and special effects yep. and a great idea that was really well executed but you know, is it best picture? I don't know. So I I found find that idea interesting, but the other, um, I I think the the secret has I'm sorry the favorite has an outside chance has a chance, I think it's going to be the favorite or Black Klansman, but I'm not sure Black Klansman was good enough all the way around. I think did you did you see Green Book? I have not, I have not, but um, I think one of the things that hurts. And, and so I can't really comment on it, but I will say one of the things that hurts Black Klansmen is there's a lot of modern day news footage that they kind of use as a frame for the piece. And I think it comes off in some respects as a little bit preachy and less timeless than the movie should be. Well, or see, more. that's and that's that would be the reason why it would win. 
in my mind. <laughs> like it would be the it F- would be you to Trump. Well, yeah, it would be yeah. the liberal Hollywood sort of. Well, that's kind of why I'm picking it as a favorite. So I think it's down between that and the favorite. But I don't know. But yeah. I've been reading a couple different things in a couple different spots. So, but you know, I'm it's always, pretty I wide open. It's Oscar the most wi- it's the most wide open I've seen it. I'm having well, a. I, I will agree with you. I mean, I don't have any idea. I don't think anybody knows who's going to win. So I have a question for you. Um, sure. Do you know when they vote for these? Are these ranked ballots where you rank your favorite first, or do you only pick a first place? You can pick as many as you want. You can just choose one. You can choose all eight. You know, like in, in descending order, or you can do any number between the one and eight. Oh, do you only okay. vote for one? You can vote for one. Okay, so can you give something like, so you can go, I'm giving this a fourth place vote? Sure. Okay, and then it is counted as like a fourth place vote? Okay, that's, I don't even know how that tabulation would work. Interesting. Okay, just curious. Mostly they just count the they I mean it's not done like like all star voting it's it's done where it's like <laughs> whatever whatever movie you pick to be your top movie is that's what they that's what they go with but they don't limit you on on how you can rank them interesting so yeah. um it's not Chinese Twitter that determines everything I mean it might be <laughs> <laughs> I mean who knows. Right? Are we going to see Rudy Gobert crying after uh, after the uh, Oscars are picked? I think Rudy Gobert would cry for just about anything, right? Yeah. I, I honestly i I like Rudy Gobert, and that no, I, I, that um, that moment didn't bother me. I mean, the guy cares. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I would. Yeah, guys, and he's French too. You know, yeah. French are French yeah. are a little more sensitive. Yeah, that it, it's true. Um. So yeah, How about you? So, anything to anything to pitch? Yeah, I'm gonna pitch. Um, well, did you have anything to pitch? I mean, I asked I'll think you. about it while you pitch. Okay, so I binge watched uh, the new Netflix show Umbrella Academy, which mm. I really enjoyed. Um, certainly very derivative, uh, especially when it starts. You know, it's very derivative of Watchmen, and um, you know, maybe in a, a little bit Heroes and trying to think of what other things it's derivative of but i mean you're gonna see a lot of elements of other things maybe x-men a little bit i mean even with the ellen page thing Mm. but uh but it's entertaining the uh the story the writing and the dialogue are actually pretty darn good especially so there's a pair of hitmen uh that are played by um Mary J. Blige and I can't remember the other guy, but he's from, he sounds Canadian. He's a very large Canadian man and they have really good dialogue going back and forth. Okay. And, um, the guy that plays, uh, number five, uh, a teleporting, uh, superhero is, it's a kid and he's really, he, it's a kid, but the character has an old man's conscience in a kid's body as a, byproduct of a time travel accident Mm. um and he's really good um and i I have to look up and see um who it is but it's a lot of fun and the one thing i liked about it is all the episodes are pretty good the music's really good uh kind of the unofficial theme song of this show is hazy shade of winter the uh the paul simon show but they do the bangles version and they have new versions in there 
So um, it's getting an eight. Yeah, it's in my queue. It's my in my queue. I gotta watch it. Yeah, yeah it's getting an eight point five on uh, IMDb, which is pretty darn good. Um, it's pretty good. Yeah, who plays number five? All the Aiden Gallagher. Okay. Um, who? Uh, I'm trying to think of what else he was in. Um, but yeah, I think he's. Oh, he was on Modern Family, and he's in Nicky, Ricky, Dicky, and Dawn. <laughs> but he's really good in it. So, okay, um, I'll check it out. Yeah, it it's fun. I mean, it's not great, um, but it's a lot of fun. And yeah. I will say the nice thing is, is all the episodes are really do a nice job of presenting a good character arc, but also being self-contained. Oh, nice. Um, and and the other thing is, it it has a lot of teasers for kind of future stuff. So, and Ellen Page is really good. She has a really nice character arc in the progression of the story. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of well, fun. My, well, I, my I would be interested to hear yeah. your take on it. So no, I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna try to watch it. Uh, well, I probably won't watch it this weekend, but it's very bingeable. Ne- next Let's week put it that way. I think the episodes are about 45 minutes. It looks like yeah. it was. It kind of comes off as like it looks like it was made for network TV and then was not really network TV tone enough. Well, I can tell you, it was originally it was originally developed as a film. Okay. By a friend of mine who worked at Universal. Okay. And um, they couldn't quite crack the movie version, and everyone felt it was too much in that X Men, that X Men genre. And then um, one of the guys used to run Universal years ago when when it was first bought. Now runs Netflix, and so that's kind of how it uh, meandered its way from one medium to the other. Okay. But, um. The but, guy that played the very large Canadian dude is a guy named Cameron Britton, and he was he was one of my favorite characters in the show. So, oh yeah, okay. Well, I'll check it out. Um, my thing is, so I have people that I'm close to that have seen, um, that have seen uh, Captain Marvel, and okay. say it's fantastic. Oh so. well, good. Especially if you're a fan of the '90s, it's fantastic. So oh, awesome. I'm looking forward to that, which doesn't come out this weekend, but the following weekend. Okay. So. Well, I know I will be going to see it because we literally go see the only Marvel movie I can think of that we have not seen is Ant Man and the Wasp. So that wasn't bad. I like. No, that. I heard it was good. I just I think it just kind of missed us, and the timing right. was never right. So yeah, it was like right in the right in the dead yeah. spot of summer. So. Yeah, exactly. And then and then it was when it came to be I, I'm sure it'll be on cable at some point and I'll catch it. So Yeah. Yeah. Right on. So yeah, that was uh my pick and I don't or my uh pitch and I don't think I have anything else. So um when do the yeah. Cavs play again? Um I think it's do they play Saturday? Saturday? I think it's Saturday yeah. against uh you know, look it up. The Grizz. So it is another tank battle. Against the Grizz, so that a very different looking Grizz now. Don't they have they have Valanciunas now, right? Yes, and I guess he's playing pretty well for him. So, and then they have also, um, of course, uh, Mile. No, who's their rookie? Oh, uh, the Triple J. (laughs) Yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that'll be fun and then the Blazers on Monday. So Yeah. Well, uh, the and then another tank battle the following Thursday against the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> a lot of those coming up, I feel. I yeah. feel like the Cavs have a, a decent chance to 
I mean, not that we want them to, but I think they have a decent chance with Kevin back and Tristan coming back with Jetty healthy now and Nawaba healthy. It feels like they've they've got um you know a chance to string together some wins. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like the end of February, early March, probably the next three or four weeks would be pretty decent for them. Like maybe where they could even like approach five hundred for that time period. Well, I, I don't think it would be in the worst situation in the world for them as a team to build some momentum going into next season. Yeah. Because it's a oh. it's a brutal last couple of weeks, I think, because yeah. they've got that that last West Coast trip, which is all the really hard West Coast teams, and then um, some of the better teams in the East too, which maybe that may be sitting a lot of guys by that time. But yeah, you never know. it's pretty tight, pretty tightly uh, uh, wound in the at the top in the East. So a lot of guys will be jockeying for positions. So probably get harder, and they'll probably start you know resting. Love, I would think, and down, you know, when they get far down the stretch after we've seen what he can do for a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I hope, uh, I hope he continues his positive play. He, yeah. he seems like he's struggling from the three point line a little bit, so hopefully that that picks up. But. Yeah, but just his passing and and you know acumen, I think, uh, just you could the team's just a different team when he plays. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um. <laughs> As always, go Cavs. Uh, go Cavs. Have a good night. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.